0: Welcome to Feeling Female AF, the podcast where we'll discover and share new ways to navigate all the feelings that come with being female. Hello everyone welcome to this week's podcast and to keep it in line with our stress awareness month, we are speaking to our very good friend, woman of many talents, it is Gemma Ray, she is an author, a radio presenter and one half of the Honest to Gob podcast and our coach of course, aren't you?
1: I am indeed, I'm a, I, am I invited because I'm a stress head as well? stress <laughs> awareness <laughs> month. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah. you've ticked the yeah, box. Yeah. I, I listen, I'm a proud stress head, it's fine. As you guys <laughs> always
0: say to me, just do less.
1: Yes. Just do less. Yeah, a
0: yeah. bit busy. <laughs> but that's alright. It is, it's fine. So you're happy to share with us your experience of stress in its extreme form. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> Literally yeah. extreme to the max, wasn't it? A little bit,
1: yeah. God. From
0: losing the plot, you mean. Where, yeah. do, where do
1: you want me to go? Where do you want me to start?
0: Let's go back to when it hit you. Okay. When did you realise?
1: So it started in the summer of 2016. I, I just fell off. I now know, looking back it was the start of anxiety and depression and it was something that was completely alien to me because I'd never experienced it before. I, I'm i ashamed to say I'm also one of these people who thought that people made it up um, and yeah it hit me and I didn't really understand. I just felt like life was off so I'm the kind of person, I'm always trying to find answers, and very curious and I decided to I'd I'd seen a friend working with a coach and they'd posted about it on social media and I just contacted this guy and said listen my friend's been working with you they seem to be a lot happier I just want to know what you do and I ended up on a call with this guy and cutting a long story short signed up for a six-month coaching mastermind and it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that before and the way I describe it is It was like opening up Pandora's box and I know you guys will completely understand this and Mm. having to assess feelings and things from my past that I'd never even realised were there and that were locked away in this box. And so one of the things, one of the exercises I did as part of the coaching was to figure out my values. Have you ever done this before? Yeah, 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 it's really weird. It's, honestly, I think people ask me advice all the time and working out your values is one of the best things you can do for yourself and you can even just google it, go online, you can find sheets of how to work out your values and you'll get a list of maybe like seven or eight hundred words and it takes a bit of a time and you've just got to break them down into the ones that resonate with you the most. So eventually I came up with these four values which I felt truly represented, truly represented who I was and they were truth, fun, expression and positivity they were mine and the expression one took me a while to come up with that one I couldn't quite I had like communication for a while but it wasn't it was expression as long as I'm expressing myself in some way shape or form whether that be broadcasting writing singing being with mates and chatting that that really is at the heart of who I am um as my husband says you last could talk a glass eye to sleep so (laughs) you know it's part (laughs) of who I was but then this this truth one was something that I wanted to address and I realised as well that one of the the values that I didn't end up sticking with with my fall was gratitude because that had played a massive part in my life the year before. I'd started to keep a gratitude list, Um, I even had a group on Facebook called The Attitude of Gratitude and starting this coaching experience made me realise that I wasn't being very truthful in one particular area of my life and that was around my biological father and I hadn't been in touch with him for 30 years but I'd also hated him to my core to the point where I didn't even mention his name, he was called like sperm donor with my mum and my sister and it, it when I looked at my values it really it really rubbed a few of them the wrong way so truth first of all I wasn't being truthful and going addressing the questions and the issues that I had for him expression again I wasn't expressing myself I was being silent I was being quiet it definitely wasn't fun and it definitely wasn't a positive experience so I decided I was going to go and find him because through my coaching experience I'd started to practice the art of self-forgiveness and I realized that I actually needed to forgive him for his absence for 30 years in order to forgive myself for aspects of my personality that were linked with having an absent biological father and I should point out at this stage there was also a lot of shame and guilt um, and secrecy attached to that because I was very lucky that my mum remarried when I was seven years old my dad who is my dad he adopted me and my sister is the most amazing person in the world so it felt really weird to then go and find somebody who hadn't been in my life for 30 years so I did what all people do in the absence of Cilla Black and um <laughs> <laughs> what was that you know that program she used to have where she yeah. reunited people Gordon God, Burns what was on it? It? What was it, I called? Was it was it surprise surprise I it was yeah. I mean, this wouldn't be a nice surprise. so <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did what all good people do in the absence of Scylla and uh, I went on Facebook, of course. And I found him and oh. I just sent him a message and said, "Hi Tony, can I come and see you sometime?" How did that feel sending him that first message? Um, I was shaking. I regressed back into the little girl. Right. So I regressed back into my and now I can see that my 5-year-old self and I was scared of rejection again, because okay. ultimately he'd rejected me for thirty years, and me going reaching out the olive branch, I was terrified of rejection, not proud of myself, but I threw chairs at the wall, punched walls um i was ve- I was at my behavior with my husband in particular was was very volatile in that time, which isn't like me at all, but I really, really was spiraling into this panic, and yeah. I was having panic attacks and I was having anxiety, and I wasn't sleeping, and I was so confused. And the day that I sent that message, I started to quit things in my life. So that night, I went and did I'd been in a band for 20 years. And I just remember singing a song that I've probably sang, honestly, I've probably sang a thousand times. And I just remember putting the mic back in the stand and thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. So I walked out and I quit. Wow. <laughs> and I'd been working um on building an online coaching company for women and i quit that literally within the space of that week while and i was just waiting for this facebook message that i'd sent to my dad you know that blue tick yeah to show i was waiting for him to turn into his profile picture picture to show that he'd read it and um that never happened because he he died 10 days later wow um That's a lot to deal with. Yeah, it was a lot to deal with. It really was. So that was the start. That was the point where there was so much regret. I was angry. How dare he die? That is like the ultimate rejection. How fucking dare you (laughs) die on me when I was ready? I was ready to forgive you. And I kind of needed that that closure. And actually, oh my goodness, I can tell this story properly. So you had Mel, right, on Mm -hmm. your podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'd met Mel like once before once before and she got in touch and she contacted me and and she was like I can see this older woman and because because Mel's got this uh, she didn't talk about it on
0: your podcast no, she but she's got this ability. spiritual
1: psychic side of her and she said you know there's this woman uh, older woman and this this gentleman and he's she's like asking for help and this is this is a message for you I think you should go and see Avril at the Trafford Centre Now, Avril is a medium at the Trafford Centre who has this little, like, TARDIS thing near
0: Boots and there's a fountain.
1: (laughs) And I went and sat there and nervously waited to go and see this this medium. And she gave me full names. She could tell me things. She just told me things that nobody could have ever known. And then she said to me, "Um, is your dad in this world or the next? And I was like, now, bearing in mind, I'd gone no makeup, to call my jewellery off. I'd put like a black polar neck on because I thought, you're not Derren Browning me. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not Derren Browning me. This is not happening. And um, she's, if she's would dad in this world or the next, I was like, you're the psychic, you tell me. This world or the next, this world or the next. She's like, oh, it's not that. It's not that. It's the choice. It's, it's the word dad. I don't mean your stepdad. And she did say my stepdad's name. I mean your biological father, Anthony. Tony, who's Tony? He's here. He's sorry. He knows you were ready to forgive him. That's why he was able to go. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And she gave me all sorts of things. I just got all yeah shivers, yes. yeah. <laughs> and I walked out of there. She said all sorts of things which were just incredible and amazing. It was things that I needed to hear. And I was able to walk out of there with what I feel now was the closure that I needed. To get that, my biological father was an alcoholic, and I don't think I would have got any kind of sense out of him had I met him in life anyway. So I was able to get a bit of sense and a bit of closure that I needed through this. And people listening might be like, oh, bullshit, whatever. But sometimes I think having something to believe in is really important, and yeah. that's what I choose to believe from that experience, and it, and it did help me. And then his funeral was a couple of weeks later and it just wasn't very nice at all but I declared my forgiveness of my dad publicly. The, the funeral was difficult, my, myself and my sister weren't mentioned at all. Um, we were even dissuaded from going to the graveside to actually perform the burial and they started handing out rose petals to people to to throw in. Um, with the coffin and we weren't we weren't offered any. We were just at the back. It was like a proper movie moment. The rain was pouring down. My husband was there, my sister, my sister's husband, my mum came along to support us. and as they lowered his his coffin into the ground and the priest said some words and people as they were throwing these petals in, I just grabbed my sister's hand, stood at the foot of his grave, and pulled out this card. And it was written to myself, but it was written to him as well. Mm. And on the front of it, it had said a new chapter because I felt like this was a new chapter for me. I had to start rebuilding my life from this point. And this hatred of this absent father had been going on for too long, for 30 years. Imagine holding on to some hate for somebody for 30 years. So I stood at the foot of his grave and I pulled out this card and said, for everything you chose to miss, We choose to rewrite our histories with love and forgiveness and we are grateful you gave us life may you rest in peace and I threw it in and that was it it was I did feel like a weight had lifted I really did and it was it was upsetting my sister was upset but I was I was really proud that I'd done it I had a few comments from family members to say you know well done that was really brave and that felt good and I felt great and I went home and I went to bed And then the next morning, I don't don't know how to explain it. I, I just, I wanted to stay in bed. I just wanted to stay in bed. And I've got a little boy and he was five at the time. And I couldn't because I had to do the school run. And I just said to my husband, please, can you take Blake to school? And he said, I really can't. I've got this job on. And, you know, and it was just, he had to leave early. I was like, please, please, can you take Blake to school? I can't face anybody today. And... He didn't realise I think and neither did I the severity of how I was feeling because before I know it I don't really remember how it happened but I just remember being in a fetal position on the floor and being in pain because what I'd actually done was I'd put my back to the wall, slid down and I'd started to whack my head against the wall and we'd, we'd like just moved into this um, this place and I was whacking my head hard 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 against the wall because I just wanted my head to open, crack open and explode. It was like there was too many thoughts going round. Yeah. And Sean was amazing. He picked me up, put me in bed, took care of Blake. And that was the start of really my mental health unravelling because I just, I just never experienced it. I'd never experienced that overwhelm of noise. That's the yeah. best way I can describe it. And trigger warning, I'm going to talk about self-harming. I could understand in that moment why people do self-harm. Yeah. It, it, I could understand that need for some kind of relief and release. And that's what it felt like banging my head against yeah. the wall. And I didn't, I didn't hurt myself again after that. But then came the point of trying to just rebuild and rebuild. And, you know, the whole theme of this podcast this month is around stress there was a lot of stress leading up to that multiple avenues of stress i'd just quit a job i'd just started my own business my kid had just started school which was a big transition we were selling our house there was you know there was just loads and loads of things and i think that i'd also started to do something called the miracle morning earlier that year and i'd started to get up very very early which i still do now But I was also working really, really late, blowtorching the candle at both ends. And when I look back, I was probably getting about three or four hours sleep a night. Jesus. And that, I think, along with all these other stresses, definitely contributed to just not being able to think clearly. Plus then, you know, my biological father dying and rejecting me. It all was this perfect storm that ended up in this complete burnout i suppose i always say breakdown but i don't know whether it's burnout i don't know whether it's a breakdown or
0: i think you've had a breakdown of sorts in the middle of burnout yeah
1: possibly yeah that is possibly the best way to describe it because i kind of feel like the biological father stuff was a that was like a, a big massive triggering issue but before that the lack of sleep the working blow, blowtorching the candle at both ends. I mean, I gave my boss an eight month notice. So I was building my own business and writing a book as well yeah. at the same time as being in a full-time job. Where, I know, there were so many times I was still working at two o'clock in the morning on campaigns and things. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, you know, you always say to yourself, what would you advise your best friend? And I would have said to my best friend at the time, What are you doing, you stupid cow? A bit like you guys tried to say to me at mm-hmm. the time, do less. But yeah. I was just powering through, powering through and powering through until you can't keep going like that forever. And I did, and I broke in spectacular
0: fashion. Were you just surviving on caffeine all that time? I still do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly don't know how you even functioned and obviously it didn't bode well for you, but it's just incredible that you were able to go on as long as you did in that sense. Yeah.
1: I did and I
0: think that's what I've really, really enjoyed about working with
1: you guys on this podcast is honestly, even just sitting and chatting about your ideas, even to do with understanding your cycle, honouring your feelings. If you are feeling a bit stressed, if you are feeling low and then reacting and taking action accordingly, that's been like a massive wake up call for me and I want to thank you both for that because... That has been incredible. I'm getting goosebumps and a bit teary thinking about it myself because I am a person who smashes on and cracks on. and I mean, I write about discipline and overcoming procrastination, but one of the beautiful things about the last six months is learning to stop, reflect, refocus, take time, readjust, go to bed at 9 o'clock and find the joy in that rather than revenge bedtime procrastination you know where you feel like I've had no control over my day it's been really busy so I'm just going to stay up late and watch all of these programs (laughs) and ultimately they're they're not they're not great for you and and being able to even like (laughs) it sounds really daft but oh I look at my period tracker now and I'm like okay right it's ovulation time and now I have ovulation knackeredness week written in the (laughs) calendar and I'm a bit kinder to myself and that's why I'm I'm super proud of what you guys are doing and how you're helping women because I'm 40 this year and I just
0: wish I'd have known this shit <laughs> earlier on. Yeah, well, we're still on that boat with you. We still wish we'd you know, known, all, known all this beforehand and there's still plenty that we're learning but obviously this is part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is to get it out there, to get all the knowledge that we're gaining yeah. out to help people like yourself. And to help people recognise that it's okay to stop. Yeah. And and to change.
1: And I I am getting better at that and I often have your guys' voices and our friend Amelia do less, do less at times. <laughs> you know, I have to ask myself, do do I actually wanna do this or not? And I'm getting better at saying no. Boundaries
2: is just so Boundaries is
1: aren't massive me? and I see your posts on social media No, it's a complete sentence. I'm like, Hell yeah it is you know and <laughs> It's just that's it, I think I'm going back to my biological father having that absence of somebody um can make you a people pleaser in your life Mm. you know when when you weren't good enough for somebody to stick around oh a bit of emotion there (laughs) I wasn't expecting that but when you know I was I was five when my my mum got away um from him and she made the right choice and she made the right decision and I know sometimes she'll say things like oh because she didn't realise how much this had impacted me and I wish I'd have tried harder I would have helped you see him and I always say no because he knew where we were you know he could have come and found us at any time but that little girl there's always part of us there's always that younger version of us inside and that little girl part of me. For somebody not to to want you and not be proud of you and not stick around and not be in your life, it does make you want people to like you. So I can look back at my whole life and see the times when I was being an attention-seeking knobhead. Um, you're, the, you're the performer, aren't I you? I am the performer. But this is why. Yeah, I am the performer, and it's, it's that need for attention and validation, and that's why the coaching was so powerful for me because that made me understand why I had behaved like that for many years and a part of me sometimes thinks was that wrong but then another part of me is like well no that is that is who I am I'm still the drama queen attention seeking no
2: it's how much is cause (laughs) how much is effect they might be linked but also they are who you are yeah they
1: are and I think This past year in particular, during lockdown, I've been able to definitely reconnect to myself. I'm a lot quieter. I'm a lot more pensive. Like I say, I love going to bed at nine o'clock. That was unheard of for me. I was the queen of staying up late.
0: Yeah, you were. Yeah.
1: And I I really, I genuinely can't do it anymore. And and that's okay. And I love being with my family. This lockdown has been great to reconnect with my husband and my little boy. Um, and just trying to identify those trigger points for stress as well. So Sean knows when I'm stressed, and it's funny, right? We had Be- to before you do. Yeah, but we had so we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and um, I suppose it's like a safe word scenario. So I'd said to him,
0: <laughs> <laughs> "He's laughing. I <Sorry. laughs> don't that's mean it." S- <laughs> that's a different episode. That's a different All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> Vicky pisses herself laughing. <laughs> but no, it was that moment where I said. So recently, I, I started a new job at the beginning of this, of this year, and it's been it's been tough and it's been stressful, and the hours have been long, and I've had lots of things to juggle. And uh, when I'm stressed, I drop all of the stuff that's good for me. Stop exercising. Yeah. I stop journaling. There ain't no way I'm meditating. I'm like in this constant ball of
2: shoulders up and jaw clenched do you stop them when you're stressed or do you start to stop them before because you feel amazing
1: no and you're really busy and you're
2: flying you aren't quite on the edge of stress yet
1: no it's definitely a time thing for me so and I think actually dropping them then causes the stress because I've had times when I'm still as busy and still doing as many hours but as long as I keep those pillars what I call my pillars if as long as I'm journaling in the morning as long as I'm planning ahead on a Sunday as long as I'm getting out walking and, and exercising drinking the water and not eating shit, I'm all right I feel like I can tackle the world but when time dictates oh my goodness I've got so much to do I can't fit in that workout. When I start to drop those things, there, it's like juggling. Yeah. I drop the balls and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm left in this scenario where I'm just a crank to live with. So I'd said to Sean, if you notice that I'm eating rubbish, if you notice that I'm snapping at you, <laughs> but then he'll say, oh, when am I supposed <laughs> to tell the difference? No, I'm <laughs> You know, if you notice that I am sat on my computer too late, if you notice that I'm not getting up early or I'm snoozing my alarm please you've got my permission to to take me away from my computer to give me a hug to make me walk and talk and he just went have you seen yourself when you're like that <laughs> <laughs> and i said okay let's let's talk about this moment right now if this ever happens again i want you to remind me of this moment and if you say to me come on gem we're going we're walking outside we're getting out in some fresh air i will follow your lead because i i'm going to need you to stage an intervention And that's been actually really, really helpful for both of us because he feels like he's got a bit of power to be able to do that and to help me with the stress. So I would recommend that, you know, like friend, sibling, parent, a partner, tell them, you know, if you notice when I get like this, this is what I want you to do.
2: Yeah.
1: And then when they do say it, don't be a stubborn cow and Mm. say,
0: okay. That's the difficult bit, isn't (laughs) it? It is the difficult bit, yeah. If you're in that sort of mindset being told that you need to snap out of it would make me super snappy back.
1: <laughs> so he, kn- he knows that he... Act- this is genuine. He knows he literally has to put his arms under my armpits, pick me up <laughs> and frog-march me out of my office no matter what I say and go and walk because there is nothing so urgent that means I can't walk up and down outside our house for 10 minutes. Some Everything can always wait 10 minutes and I think just being able to have that that complete diversion from that situation can just help you take a minute and take a deep breath my coach calls it a hard stop if you can have a hard stop that that's really helpful um i'm i'm kind of lucky because i have to because i have to do the school run twice a day monday to friday they're hard stops i can't just sit at my computer in my knickers all day not getting dressed and and not working I have to leave and I've got to leave by a certain time so now I do things um I, I this is a new thing this is a new thing for me this week because I wasn't sticking to my promises and my pillars to get out and walk so one of my hard stops is when I get back from the school run and it's 8 30 I don't go back in the house I lock the car take my keys put them in my pocket. And I'll walk straight away. Yeah, that's
2: good, isn't and it? Because
1: you're already out. I'm already out. But I figured that there are a few tasks that I can do. So I can check my emails. Um, we do this thing at work where we have an end of day report, which is brilliant. Everybody reports what they've what they've done on their end of day. And then my start of day is I feedback. And it's great because it means that you know where your projects are up to. It's actually really good for relieving stress in teens. Yeah. Um, it's a way to stay accountable. But it's good and I can do that on the move on my phone, so I will walk and message on my phone at the same time. And it's only thirty, forty-five minutes, but oh my goodness, it's been brilliant this week. Those those hard stops have been really helpful. Yeah. yeah.
0: So do you think you would recognise that same situation? You know, if Sean didn't notice it or nobody else pulled you on it, would you recognise those same symptoms coming up that you did before, like in 2016? with the building of stress because obviously it's hard to control external factors there's going to be things that come into your life that you can't stop how will you handle them now compared to how you handled them previous
1: so i don't fingers crossed i don't think hopefully i'd have another episode like 2016 um i've nearly had an episode like that since we renovated our house and it was incredibly financially stressful to the point where both of us were just in this pit of stress but I was able to think oh I can feel my mental health decline in here this is not good and I, I'm I think the journaling is brilliant for that it's like auditing yourself all the time and one of my favorite journal prompts is how am I feeling right now and why mm. it's proper wanky but it works every time <laughs> because if you're sad if you're happy if you're anxious if you're excited you can talk you can write about it yeah and so that's been good for assessing where I am um in terms of do I know in that moment when I'm being a stress ed, the perfectionist side of me wants to tell you yes of course I do but the reality and the honesty is no, I'm going to be a stress ed, and I need other people in my life definitely to help me out of that because I think that's my I like working I love, I love working I've always enjoyed my work and yeah. being able to stop it and pause it is my greatest difficulty Having the discipline, I think, sometimes to to rest, is harder than having the discipline to take action. If you're a doer, if you're a people pleaser, if you're a Type A personality, perfectionist, all or nothing kind of person, so yeah, in answer to your question, Kate, I I don't, I think I would rely on other people definitely, but there are certain things that I have in place that stop the stress getting as bad as it did when
2: I had a breakdown. So you might, you might still catch it yourself, but it'd be a bit further down the line than that time that Sean would walk you out the door. You might not wait, you might wait until a week
0: later and think, I'm a bit worse off. It'd be reflective rather than in the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. I also think, you know, in, in saying this and touch wood, touch my head, um, I haven't experienced loss since 2016. It's something that absolutely terrifies me and... Yeah, I, I wonder in the future, because that's going to happen, you know, we're not all here forever. I, I wonder how I'd deal with that.
0: Okay. Um,
1: yeah, I do, I, I think I've been very lucky in my life to not have situations like that that have happened, losing somebody unexpectedly, for example. And I do worry about things like that. I lost a friend in, in November and she declined quite rapidly. And I still, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I've been all right, but there are moments where... I just forget she's not here,
0: yeah. And
1: it's it's a bit of a of a kick, <laughs> it really You know, it really is. So, yeah. But I just think you've got to learn what works for you when it comes to. I call it your your mental health first aid kit. So, in my mental health first aid kit is hugs. Mm. Um, I do this thing with my my little one where I say, "Oh, come on, come and recharge me." I feel like I'm being recharged. So, a, a big hug. You know, like if you were. You know, like Duracell batteries, where you used to be able to press them <laughs> yeah. and the bar would go up. Yeah. It, it feels, it feels like that, and that's really nice. A, sn- a snuggle, let's have a snuggle. That that would instantly perk me up. A walk outside, um, listening to a podcast while walking or driving. That's always something that I feel like is a. It's like an indulgence. It's like a treat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that that's just really nice. Um, in non-lockdown times heading to a cafe somewhere nice on my own with my journal and a nice coffee that somebody else makes for me, that really, really helps. Yeah. And the hardest one that's in my mental health first aid kit, it's the one that I really struggle to do when I'm stressed, is to go for a proper workout. That's something that I think I've probably done maybe once or twice What's on my What's go for own? a proper workout Up to you? Oh, like a leg day, let's go and smash the shit out of the leg press kind of weightlifting right session yeah or a run I don't I don't tend to run as much these days but in the past maybe like a really good fast run but no a good old gym session
0: a nice burst of release of energy
1: yeah um I've only I've only been able to do that off my own back a couple of times whereas I've had friends who have realized and gone come on let's go and do a workout and that's been really helpful yeah so but yeah having a mental health first aid kit is even if it's imaginary, <laughs> when you read. Yeah, but it it's helps. good.
2: To, it's a good idea, isn't it? To to have those key things that yeah. this, you notice know, make you feel a bit.
1: Uh... I, I use um, music as well, so music anchoring is is really important. And um, I use it for productivity and trying to get in the zone for work. Um, ashamedly, it's Gloria Estefan Conga.
0: Fucking <laughs> love that song. Only you could come up with Obviously, that. And I'd go, yeah, that's
1: you weren't it. expecting that, were you? You know what? Yes and no. <laughs> Yes and no.
0: You don't surprise me
1: anymore. No. So, but that that is like one song. You know, like Pavlov's dogs. You remember Pavlov yeah. he taught his, you know, he rang the bell and then they salivated ready for uh, eating the dinner. <laughs> Gloria Estefan, you play that, I'm ready. I'm ready the to hips rock. Let's go. Honestly. So when I drive to the gym, <laughs> when I drive to the gym at quarter to six in the morning, Gloria Estefan, she comes on first and I sing all the way. And if I time it right, I can get to the lights outside this one it's outside mcdonald's on the way to the gym and my gym buddy jen will pull up alongside me and if i can time it just right it's like the end the end of conga and she
0: just looks at me like i'm absolutely
1: insane
0: <laughs> and yeah just puts me in, puts me in the zone and in yeah, the mood i get that i use music like that myself a lot yeah. and i have not got a singing voice like you have <laughs> but i will sing the shit out of stuff yeah. in the car or the shower if no one's home but mostly in the car and I don't care, but it'll get me up to yeah. where I need to be. But I can't do that when I'm in a low mood. I can't use music. No, I have to like ease myself in with a podcast, and then as the mood starts to lift, then I can bring the music in. But I can't just use it as a Pavlov dog.
1: <laughs> well, think about it. You know, if you've ever been in your car trying to do a tricky maneuver, like a three point turn, and you've had yeah. the radio blasting. What do you do when you're trying to do the manoeuvre and you're getting stressed out? Off or down. You turn the music down, don't you? Because your brain can't concentrate on the two things at once. So if you are in that state of heightened stress, it makes sense that a song that would ordinarily perk you up, you'd be like, oh, no, I can't deal with that right now. And breathing techniques as well, they're they're amazing. Yeah, we love them. I know you're a big fan of Wim Hof, Kate. I can't do that because I end up nearly passing out. (laughs) And I'm always worried about smacking my head on the concrete tiles. But even just, um, you know, box breathing. Yeah. Where you imagine a box and you breathe. you heard of this one? Yeah. You breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. It's like, I found...
2: I, I don't know if this is like an everyday thing or an everyday anxiety person thing, but anything with too many rules, when I was trying to breathe with anxiety, I'd lose my head. Even all of the grounding things they tell you to do for anxiety, I was like, are you kidding me? You want me to do five different things when I've got anxiety? Yeah. So I breathe in, calm, out, stress. In, calm, out, stress. I heard it on another podcast somewhere, but um, I like that because it's just dead yeah. simple. Because if I can overthink it, I will do. <laughs> do you know, you've just... Re- that.
1: Actually, I didn't even realise, it. it's only you saying that now, when I have been in states of anxiety before, I actually, when I breathe in, I imagine, this is going to sound weird, but I imagine I'm breathing in light. Yeah, I do so. And I, be- I, I visualise, it's like I see my body side on, you know, if you're like you were an x-ray, that's what I can see side on, so I see the light coming in through my nose, pushing out all the black, the bad stuff, the bad thoughts, and I breathe out the black and the bad thoughts, that's, that is yeah. one. So I suppose it's similar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really yeah. similar,
2: yeah. I just I sort of say the words at the same time because it it's like you're focusing on something else. So I think it's the same as the counting, it's just because it's only one word in, one word yeah. out, it just
0: quietens I, everything I think around. that's why I really like Wim's method because it's... Quillian. out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, yeah. You know what, I could listen to him all day. Hullion. Yeah, I do like listening to him. <laughs> but,
1: um, Yeah. (laughs) Can you do it though without passing out?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, see, I can't. It works for me. Don't get me wrong. I lay down. I'm I'm not a sit up person. I never
1: thought to to do that.
0: (laughs) It's really simple, isn't it? I never thought to do that. Tip of the day: lay down. Lay down. You know me. Do less. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stand up. My word. No, I always have to lay down when I'm doing them because I feel like I can feel the sensations more then, and I won't panic about it. I can just go with it. but yeah, love, love some breathing. But even Mel's uh, example of breath work, when we spoke to her, um, her, the, balloon. the balloon. Oh yeah. I've been using that a lot more recently, but mm. what I tend to do is I do Wim Hof for my meditation and, you know, my breath work when I'm laying down. But if I'm out and I need to calm myself and literally calm the shit out of myself, <laughs> um, I will be walking and doing the balloon technique. Yeah, that's or, quite a yogi breath, yeah, isn't it? The yeah, balloon. and that, Only takes me, oh, it must take me five minutes max, and I'm like, okay, I'm good again. Mm. It's really, really strong technique.
1: Remind me, what do you do?
0: So, it's imagining your body or your stomach as a balloon, and when you blow into a balloon, the bit that expands first is the bottom, isn't it? Mm. So, everybody breathes into their chest, or a lot of people nowadays breathing into their chest, and that's where you'll stay in a heightened sort of stress mode. If you breathe deeper into your stomach and expand the stomach out as you're breathing, you're getting a fuller breath of air in. And then as you're exhaling, your stomach is coming back in. So we're all sort of taught to breathe from our chest. I know I've I've learned to do it from being a girl and wanting to hold my stomach in. Won't let my stomach expand and, and, you know, look bigger than it already is. But letting your stomach go to get the full air in to be able to release it it's a lot calmer than holding it all into your chest. I'll explain that about right yeah, now. Yeah, I've I got know. a
1: question for you then. Go on. Is your balloon, Where you know, the entrance to your balloon, mm-hmm. where's that? Is it in your throat?
2: Throat and through, yeah. to, through to lungs, probably. The i said the biggest part would be, like, the,
0: the abdomen, isn't yeah, it? it is yeah. It's the bit that you want to expand. So if you're
2: lying down, you'd want to watch your tummy or put your hand yep. on your tummy yeah. going up and down and and then... You like empty your tummy first, and then all the air comes back out. It's weird to do.
1: It's actually how they teach you to sing. Oh, really? Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's um, why I was asking, like, to make the most of your Yeah, breath. to
1: make them. So it's it's about lowering Expansion. your diaphragm and expanding your rib cage to fill the balloon so you can sing longer, more powerfully.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. but they yeah. say though, don't they? Like, if you are stressed you'll run around and you'll often notice that you'll go like, <gasps> okay, and it's because you're all up here. Yeah, you're, you're not top
1: half of your chest. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it interesting, sense. isn't it? Mm.
2: It's it's frustrating, actually, that it can be that simple.
1: Yeah, it it's really it annoying. Is. It's really annoying. It
0: is. <laughs> and the more you practice it, though, the, the less you'll chest breathe, the more you will, you know, fully, fully, in, fully in fully out. Yeah, fully out. <laughs> <laughs> I find that I do it now without even realising And then I'm like, oh, look at me, women. (laughs) I've tried to habit stack
1: it and you two will and other dog people will um, understand Mm -hmm. this. So when I let my dogs out first thing in the morning, I stand on my doorstep and I do my deep breath in and a deep breath out and I just do it a couple of times and I've got into the habit of, of doing that when I let them out first thing and it's just I don't know it's a really nice way to start the day it is yeah it's brilliant add a cold shower in there no nope, I've tried can't do it
0: can't do it too much of a fanny no nope. can't do it I,
1: I just I've tried so hard like the I cold just can't shower. do
0: it really hard swimming in the sea which I did today was much easier like, much easier than a cold shower <laughs> Why
1: is a cold shower so horrible? Because the water is running. Oh, it's just not nice. It's horrendous, isn't it? It's just not. Like, do you remember when they used to tell you? I don't know if it's still a thing. Oh, if you finish your hair off with cold water, it'll be shiny. Oh, but it's okay, you know, if you've got the shower head, you can at least lean back, can't you? And then get it off the. But it's the getting fully in. No. (laughs) I just, you know, going back to do I want to do this or not? So I did try Wim Hof and I did, honestly, I've lasted less than 10 seconds in that cold shower. I was like, no. No, there is a way of, of doing it. There is
0: a way of doing it, but yeah, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Try something else. Just, you've no. got all the things that work for you, so that's But it makes fine.
1: me so. Oh, come on! You're a strong woman. You can at least have a cold shower. It's not that hard. Well, but
0: no, you've just said that you're due on tomorrow, so do not do it now why what what, Cause what do me, mean with honoring your cycles and things like that a lot of people tend to sway away from using cold water around the time of your menstruation just because you need warmth you need to keep your body at a nice temperature <laughs> you don't want to send it into shock when it's already doing something that's pretty shocking <laughs> do you know See, what I mean? this is
1: why i love listening to you too because you teach me something new <laughs> every
0: time <laughs> yeah wait until you're in your spring and then you can do it Remember, oh, remind me what's my spring again is that after your menstruation, you'll yeah. go into your follicular phase, and that's my spring. That's your spring. Lovely, right? Yeah. Okay, so we'll, uh, we will going to explain it more. We need to get some podcasts out on that. Yeah, don't we? yeah, definitely. That's next on the list. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you have done today. I know it is quite an emotional thing for you to share and to share so publicly, and I know it's obviously taken you by surprise in some moments there. So really, truly, honestly, thank you for being yeah, so so raw so honest with us and with all of our listeners we really appreciate it thank you very much for having me you're welcome and i'm gonna get my mental first aid kit ready i think yeah yeah definitely it's a really good idea that thank you for listening please remember to like rate and subscribe if you'd like to follow us on social media we are feeling female af on instagram facebook and twitter You can also join the conversation in our Facebook group by searching the Feeling Female AF Lounge. And finally, to stay up to date with all things Feeling Female, go to
2: feelingfemaleaf.com and sign up to our mailing list.